0: I'm going to invite you to be seated and turn in your Bibles to the last chapter of Acts. We're going to be um, picking up at Acts 28, starting with verse 11. And as Pastor Dave said before, um, this will be um, for the time being, unless the Lord changes the plan. Um, this will be a concluding um, sermon here in the, the book of Acts. And so, the word of the Lord. After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods, Castor and Pollux. Okay, I just got to push pause a minute, like we didn't get very far. But um, I just got to say, isn't it amazing, as the Lord has called Paul to go into Rome... To be a witness. This was, he was to be going to the ends of the earth, right? The gospel's going to the ends of the earth. And isn't it interesting? And what a picture that this ship with these inferior gods are bringing in the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Amen? All right. So we put in at Syracuse and stayed there three days. From there, we set sail and arrived at Regium. The next day, the south wind came up, and on the following day, we reached Patelia. There we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming, and they had traveled as far as the Forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these people... Paul thanked God and was encouraged. Okay, got to push pause here again. The church had spread. We don't know all the details of how the church had spread, but their church was there. The church was watching for Paul. They had been praying and they come and the church encourages the church. And we people encourage one another. When we're down, when we're struggling, when things have gone on detours and so forth, the church encourages the church. And so isn't it beautiful that God brings the church to encourage Paul? And so when we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, I've asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, we have not received any letters from Judea concerning you. And none of our people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are. For we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. And there's so much here, and I want to say that there is a lot that I'd like to say, but some of it's just going to have to wait for another time. But I want to focus in on this last um, verse here, just the last couple of verses. He welcomed all who came to see him, and he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Think about this. Paul was going to go and be a witness in Rome. He didn't know to whom and how and how it was all going to work out. But isn't God good? His loving, patient kindness, that these recorded words were first to the Jews. I mean, think about that. Calling the very people that kept giving you trouble and wanting to um, have you killed. He could have just called the church together to encourage the church. The church encouraged him so that he could, therefore, go to those people that God loved so dearly, the Jewish people, and again, bring the good news of the kingdom of God. And then from there on out, he just spoke to everybody that would come and share this good news of Jesus. Yesterday evening, Dane and I were out walking. Um, I said, let's just go train at, well, I'm calling it training, Belt Knap Hill, um, go up and down that hill, go up and down that hill to get ready for my trip to Egypt. And so anyway, um, so we're out walking, and so I said, you know, let's just pray about this. Like, how do we transition? How's this transition go from what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus, to this text? And so we're walking around and we're praying about how is this transition going to go tomorrow? And anyway, and Dane goes, "Um, do you mind if I go watch Pickleball? No. <laughs> so anyway, so he goes to watch pickleball. And I said, I'm just going to walk around the ballpark again. And I'm going to try to go up that hill again. I call it a mountain. Um, so anyway, I'm going to try to go up that hill again. And um, he said, all right, but now come back and get me or let me know what's going on. And I didn't have my phone. And so anyway, so um, so I, I'm i walking around. I'm praying about how does this transition go, Lord, from singing about Jesus and who he is and this passage, and anyway, and so I'm going up the hill, and it's hard, and it's my third time up, and my legs are tired, and anyway, and I see these, um, people sitting on a picnic table, and we had called my daughter and said, do you want to go with us? And um, so I thought, maybe Kaylee and Sam are surprising me and sitting up at that picnic table. And I didn't have my contacts in, so I'm squinting, so I'm on this old lady going up this hill, (laughs) squinting and thinking, maybe that's Kaylee and Sam, and I will get to the top of the hill, and I will talk to them. And anyway, and so I get to the top of the hill, and it's not Kaylee and Sam, but by the time I got to the top of the hill, I really wanted to say hi to these people because I had been staring at them. <laughs> and so anyway, so I go, hi, I'm sorry. I've been kind of staring and squinting at you, but I didn't have my contacts. And, and um, anyway, and they're like, oh, it's all right. We like to people watch and um, and we're watching you. We couldn't do that. Like the girl starts telling me about her knees. And anyway, I couldn't do that. I had a cheerleading accident. And anyway, and so, um, but the Lord had given me compassion already by the time I got up there right? And so anyway, so then we're just talking. And so um, they're telling me where they live. They're telling me about his, he's um, got a little five-month-old daughter and he's showing me pictures of her. He's telling me about his job. He's telling me about this new age um, metal band that he's in and how the um, opera singing, this video has helped his diaphragm so that he can growl for like two minutes and carry this tune. And anyway, and I'm like, my, you know, like, you must like to sing in any way. And so then, and then she starts telling me about her life and how that she's caring for her three siblings, um, five, seven, and 12. Her mom's an alcoholic. Her dad's working out of state. She's graduated, um, just from high school. She doesn't have a car, but she's working a job that she doesn't like. She starts to talk to me and I'm listening and I'm like, Oh, man, I just had love for this young couple. And I'm like, how long have you been dating? Oh, this is our third date. And anyway, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, like, here I am just taking up their time. But yet the Lord just kept giving me this favor with them. Like, I just wanted to talk with them. And they were just pouring out their stories to me. And um <clears throat> I was there so long that Dane looked up on that hill and sees just this white spot and that was my hair at the top and anyway and he thought I better go up there and just see if she's okay and so anyway so he comes up and then he kind of walks up the hill and then he sees me talking and kind of takes a turn I'm like no come on over Dane (laughs) and so anyway because the guy wanted to talk about fast cars and racing and anyway and the girl was pouring out her heart and about the hurts that she had had, and about trauma that she had experienced, and about um, P.S., post-traumatic stress syndrome, and anxiety attacks. And anyway, and I'm sitting there, and I say, may I sit down by you? And she's telling her story. And I'm just praying the whole time, and I'm like, Lord, give me words, give me words. What is it that you want to say? And all I could think of is Jesus. What else can we talk about except Jesus? What can I tell her except that what he's done for me and what the hurts in my life and how Jesus has helped me and that he would have that love for her. Friends, this is what Paul was doing and what the church was doing all the way through is that they were remembering who Jesus was and what he had meant to them. And he, they, who will they talk about? They will talk about Jesus. They will talk about his kingdom because what else can we talk about that has any significance and any eternal significance at all and any hope of permanent resurrecting? The resurrecting king is resurrecting me, right? Jesus was resurrected and as we believe in him, we have that hope of resurrection and not only for for the distant future after we die and those that are in Christ will be risen again, And receive new bodies. But now and today he's resurrecting us. And he's giving us strength. And he's giving us hope. And he's giving us things that we can share. Because we have the hope of Jesus Christ. And so that's what I shared with that young woman last night. At the park for 45 minutes. And that's what we have to share. Is this loving God. Who sees an art student and says go talk to her who brings somebody that's looking for encouragement and the church is ready to speak words of prophecy. The Lord's taken us through this journey of looking at Jesus, his kingdom. From the book of Luke and Acts, we've spent four years together. In Luke and Acts, looking at the call of Jesus when the angel appears to Mary and he announces that The Holy Spirit's going to come over her and power is going to come. And this one will take the throne of David and his name will be Jesus. And she says, let it be to me, as you've said. God's word will never return void. He will speak, but we have a responsibility to respond. And Mary responded, yes. And very quickly in Luke, all of a sudden, Jesus is coming on the scene and then Jesus is being baptized It's so important, all those initial disciples had to be witnesses, not of him from his childhood, but from him from his baptism. Because that's where the Holy Spirit came on him, and the Father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And from that point on, Jesus starts to model for us what it is like to be human. Jesus was fully human, but fully divine and empowered by the Spirit. And so the church got to watch, the early disciples got to watch Jesus walk through Luke and he goes and the first thing he does is he goes into the church after that baptism and after his time in the wilderness and he starts to speak from the prophet Isaiah. Because the whole, this whole Bible is one congruent story of God's love and how that even our sin could not separate us from his love and he has a redemptive, a saving purpose. And he sends Jesus. And Jesus stands up and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news. He's anointed me to bind up the broken hearts. And don't we see broken hearts? They saw them in their day. We see them in our day. To proclaim freedom for the captives. Release for those that are in dark places. To restore the ancient ruins. How many of us have some ancient ruins in our lives? Yeah, I see a hand go up. We can say yes. There's been ruins and there's been difficulties. And the Lord comes to resurrect us. The resurrecting king is resurrecting us. And he brings that hope. And then when Jesus is going to be ascended, he says, you're going to be eyewitnesses. Starting with Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. At that time, that was Rome. That was as far as they knew. All right? But he says, Wait until you receive the gift that my Father will send. And so that takes us from the beginning of Luke to the end of Luke, and then the beginning of Acts picks back up and reminds them, you're waiting until you have been clothed with power from on high. Why? Because Jesus needed the empowering of the Spirit. The disciples were going to need the empowering of the Spirit for the work. Because... His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and it's a kingdom of the Spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my Spirit, declares the Lord. And so there would need to be this empowering of the Spirit for the church, the disciples, to go and be a witness. Because as we've gone through the book of Acts, we've seen there have been mighty, everything that Jesus did, the church started to do. There was the healing, right? We prayed for healing this morning. There's healing. There's the driving out of spirits. There's the proclamation of the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? It's his rule and his reign. This, this world had been under the rule of Satan and suddenly we're announcing there's a new ruler and his name is Jesus. He's not a new ruler. He's been ruling forever, but coming here, Jesus comes here to start to turn things around and the earth is to respond because he wants to redeem and restore and take us back and take us forward. That Garden of Eden, that perfect design, and even more fully, when Jesus returns, what God had planned. They would need to be empowered by the Spirit to be able to do the work of the kingdom, which is by the Spirit and God's word and their cooperation. And so we see them healing the sick. We just remember when the shipwreck and then all of a sudden the snake bit him. Remember Paul? Like the snake bit him and he shook it off. They expected him to die. No, he isn't dying. That's a sign of the kingdom that he is, has favor and protection from the king of, of the kingdom of God. He goes, and this island, there's all these people that are sick. And he starts to heal them. And he heals and he heals and he heals. Signs of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. These power signs that are a witness to the reality of a living God. And this is what we need as a church. This is what the church has always needed. And that is why the book of Acts is written is as a history of this work of the God, as a manual, a mission manual for the church. And it's written for the church to be reminded that when we're down and out and having difficulties, that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that he wants to work in these ways again to encourage us, to strengthen us. Remember early in the um, sermon series, I think it was Pastor Jalisa gave us this image of like you climb a mountain and there's this challenge to overcome and then you get to the top and, oh, actually a mountain is usually a mountain range. And there's all these highs and lows. How many have had highs and lows in your life? Yes, highs and lows. Yes, all right. I think everyone living has had highs and lows. Even if you didn't raise your hand, I saw some nods, right? So the mountain range, we need the overcoming power of God to be sustained through these challenging mountain ranges of life. We heard about the detour, like not everything goes as expected. We shared last week that Luke and Laurel are down as um, missionaries and they face some challenges. All of a sudden their housing isn't there, their work, like who are they going to be connected with for mission is changed. We actually talked about that before they left. And now we have the encouragement to pray. And what did, what did, in each one of these people, it was Peter, it was Barnabas, it was Paul, like it's not just one person, not one important person, it's all of us, we have a role to play, and we encourage each other by praying. We encourage each other by reminding us of the promises of God. How do we get reminded of that? But by the Spirit who puts His Word on our hearts. And then it bubbles up and we encourage each other. And so, friends, I want to say that the church has always and is always looking and being reminded of the King Jesus, the one who came full of light into darkness, coming whole into brokenness to heal and to restore, to save, to set free. This is our precious Jesus who came. A king like no other king, one that wants a personal relationship with each of us. He knows each of us by name. And this gospel that we've been charged to testify to, a gospel is a proclamation of a new king. When there's a king, we're always interested in leadership because is this going to be good for me or not? Well, we have the best Gospel. We have this best proclamation of a king because our king, he is good. He is only good and all the time and he is love. And it's this gospel, this proclamation of a loving king, Jesus, that we get to share. Acts told us of differing, re- differing responses to the gospel. For some, when they heard about Jesus and they saw the signs, where they received a touch from the Lord, where they just heard the scriptures opened up for them, and they they said yes, and they follow Jesus. Praise God. For others, they hear this same teaching, and they start to disbelieve, or they start to argue, or sometimes they started to shout, or they left. We don't understand the mystery, but what we do know is that God is patient, and he's loving, and he keeps sharing. And Paul kept sharing to everyone that would listen, and he welcomed them. We are called. We are called. If you are in Jesus, you are called. If you aren't in Jesus, maybe today is the day he's calling you to put your trust in Jesus Christ. If you have never trusted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, to be that king and that you would willingly come under his, his um, authority because this is the way to live and this is the way to life. Today's the day. Don't leave without saying yes to that call in Jesus' life. For those of us that are in Christ, we're in his church. He's calling us to be witnesses We have been looking at Luke and Acts for four years to prepare us to be a church that, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we each use our gifts to embody, proclaim, and advance the kingdom of God. This is our mission, Gold Avenue Church. And friends, if you're believers in Christ, wherever you're visiting from, this is our mission. But Jesus said, don't do this. Don't try to do this in your own strength. Don't try to do this in your own might. There are things you're going to come up against. There's spiritual opposition. There's physical challenges. There's unexpected delays. And all of a sudden you get a diagnosis and you're over here at this clinic and you were planning on being over here. What's happened? Sometimes there's detours. But in every situation, the Lord is working these things for his good. And our good and his glory, if we're watching, if we have eyes to see what God's doing, if we're Jackie in a coffee shop and we're not just there to get our coffee between our trainings, but actually what is God doing here and what is God doing now? I'm walking up the mountain or the hill. (laughs) But what is God doing? This young couple didn't look a thing like me. But you know what? God had something. Are we paying attention? I just want to say the other night I was walking out of Sam's club and I'm carrying 20 pounds of cat litter in this arm and in this arm y'all are going to be impressed. Um I was carrying 3 dozen eggs, a thing of salad and some blueberries. And so I'm going out of Sam's Club, and I look up, and I see the most beautiful rainbow in the sky. And I stop this really tall um, person, male, different skin, different ethnicity, and I just go, hey, did you see that rainbow in the sky? And anyway, and he goes, yeah, I did. He goes, I took a picture of it. And anyway, I'm like, great. And then I'm looking around to see if there's anybody else that I can tell. I am unhindered. Like, usually I am not that bold, like, to just meet, you know, new people and just strike up a conversation. But when I see something beautiful, I lose it. Like, I just, like, I'm unhindered. All this stuff in my hands is not going to stop me from going, hey, hey, Lori, did you see that rainbow? Friends, have you seen Jesus? Because if we've seen Jesus and then we know Jesus, we are unhindered because we want to point him out and tell of his goodness. And I'm going to ask you right now, if you're willing to be unhindered, I want to pray for a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ for you. And so I'm going to say, if you want to be unhindered for the gospel, if you want to tell of the goodness of the king, stand up wherever you are. And I want to pray this. Jesus, I thank you that you are beautiful, and I thank you that your salvation was first to the Jew and then to the Gentile, and Lord, I thank you that we will um, not be ashamed of the gospel, because it is for the salvation. It is for salvation, and so Lord, I pray for a fresh revelation of Jesus for each person that's standing, Lord, I pray that you would give them again a renewed and rekindled first love, a reminder of what you've done for them in coming to this earth and sending your spirit. And Lord, I pray now that you would come upon each one standing with a fresh impartation of your Holy Spirit. Fill them, I pray. Fill them to overflowing and let them be unhindered as gospel proclaimers for you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. And if you want to just say, I'm receiving this into my heart today, just, I receive it. I receive him.